0: You're listening to The Sigrun Show, episode number 244. In this episode, I'm talking to Jasmine Schmalhaus, now Shia, on how busy entrepreneurs can have easy dinner plans. Welcome to The Sigrun Show. I'm your host Sigron, creator of Samba, the MBA program for online entrepreneurs. With each episode, I'll share with you inspiring case studies and interviews to help you achieve your dreams and turn your passion into profits. Thank you for spending time with me today. Building an online business takes time. I share with you proven strategies to help you get there faster. You'll also learn how to master your mindset, up-level your marketing, and succeed with masterminds. Jasmine Smallhouse now just recently changed her name to Shea, but is also known as Jassy Thinks on social media. She is a food lover, adventure seekers, and the founder of Your Dinner is Planned, and the host of the Dinner Table Talk podcast. Jasmine has developed 10 healthy cookbooks, conducted over 40 cooking workshops across the nation, we mean here United States, and helps busy families live healthy, sustainable lifestyle. Go to forward slash 244, and there you find links to Jessie and her offers. I'm so excited to be here with Jasmine Smallhouse and talk about her amazing journey. And that has so many levels and so many facets to it that I'm super excited to dive in. Thank you for being on the show, Jess. Yes, so glad to be here, Grin. So online, you call yourself jazzy things. Let me start with that. Where did that come from? Is that how you call yourself?
1: (laughs) You know, it's funny because now I'll definitely respond to jazzy things, but I've been asked that question quite a few times and I have a few friends and family members and they say, well, I called you jazzy. No, I called you jazzy. So I'm not quite sure where it came from. I know growing up, my dad called me "Jumpin' jazzy moto. (laughs) (laughs) So when I started my Instagram, I just thought, you know, jazzy things. And then I just left it broad so I could just share about my life and really share about anything that was going on, so.
0: Yeah, as I was preparing for this interview, of course, I I read about your journey. We know each other for a while now, Uh, one and a half, two years. And um, I thought it was interesting that you kind of started with Instagram, like pretty much from the beginning of your journey. And I think that's inspiring to my listeners because people tend to maybe hold back until they've figured everything out. That wasn't your case. So I know we're going to talk about food here and healthy food. Go back to the time where uh, you started on your journey. And when did Instagram come into that? Like when did you start to share with the world what you actually were doing?
1: Yeah. And I would say it's actually the opposite of, you know, we wait and we try and figure it all out and we wait until it's perfect. I just went for it and figured it out by doing it. So for my personal journey and related to health and fitness and food, I started eating healthy and being active, but then was following others on Instagram. And I would say that was around 2013 and I saw them posting recipes and that's how I was learning about healthy eating and I thought, well, well, why not me? And so I started at that point to use Instagram more so as personal accountability, personal motivation, accountability for me to share what I was eating every day. So I just started taking my favorite foods and because I was eating anyway, I would turn them into healthy versions and take pictures of them. So it was at that point before I even knew really the purpose of Instagram. I just saw that it was pictures and it was fun. And I think that was a big component of it was going into it to have fun, not to try and follow rules or fit into a box. I was just doing and sharing what I was doing in my daily life. So that's when I really started to use Instagram was with no intention, no rules or no guidelines, just sharing again, candidly and authentically what I was already doing in my life and just started posting my recipes. So, your business, what is your, your program called?
0: So, my membership site is Your Dinner
1: is Planned. Yeah. And then the podcast is Dinner Table Podcast. Your
0: Dinner is Planned. Yeah. Dinner Table Podcast. Yeah. And so that was not the idea. You first just started on the journey and then that evolved. Yeah. I
1: So, I started my Instagram when I was in my corporate job in 2013. And again, just to candidly share my life. And It started to evolve into my business, which became jazzy things with cookbooks and cooking workshops, but Your Dinner is Planned, my membership site, so my first kind of scalable product, didn't evolve until last year. So it was about five years, four years.
0: That is very inspiring that, you know, basically publicly you're sharing your journey and then at some point there is a product ready and then you have the audience ready to join your program. Yes, exactly. And versus the opposite, you know, you come up with a program and you hope you find an audience afterwards, which is trickier.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I had thrown out, you know, ebooks and cooking workshops to at least familiarize them and just really to whatever I was passionate about, I was sharing, but that created this, this warm audience who was just ready for more. So, yes.
0: Mm, That's amazing. Now let's dive into your healthy journey like why did you get I would say almost obsessed with food
1: could we say that (laughs) yeah you know we can say that we can say that because it went from not knowing anything about healthy eating and then here I am it's my business I competed in bodybuilding I have cookbooks so yeah that's fair (laughs) (laughs) so how did that all start I refer back to this I call it the potato story um and that will make sense. But I started eating healthy and well, really actually before that, before I even knew what healthy was, I was working out, I was being active and I went to my family and I said, oh, I'm so active. I'm, I'm working out so hard. And they said, well, are you eating healthy? And I said, oh yeah, yeah, I'm eating all these potatoes. Like every single day I'd slice potatoes and eat them with a different type of salad dressing. And I don't know if I thought it was healthier because I was replacing my fast food choices, which I was eating every day because I was in the corporate world and it was just so easy and lots of excuses. Meetings come up. It's right next door. So I would just eat potatoes. Like I'd come home and put the potatoes in a baggie and put Italian dressing in there and have all these potatoes. So I said, yeah, potatoes. But what that made me realize was there's room for improvement and i can continue learning because they looked at me with such a crazy look when i said yeah potatoes and i thought well what am what am i missing here so it was in that moment the potatoes are fairly symbolic for me kind of the the gateway for me to really take my health in my hands and learn how i can improve that so i just dove in and i started researching and I took again, my favorite foods beyond potatoes and started to experiment because I love food so much. I love food then. I love food now. And I said, I'm not going to sacrifice my love for food to start eating healthy. So whether it was spaghetti or enchiladas, I would take that recipe and I call it a jazzy version or your dinner's plan version now, but I would cut out all the excess and all the junk and what I feel we kind of default to, oh, heavy cream or extra butter. And I started creating these wholesome, well-balanced, fresh meals. And that's what I started sharing on my Instagram. So that's really where it started to evolve for me was, again, just what I was personally doing and researching, of course, all about macronutrients and how to feel our body. So it was not just food, but food with a purpose.
0: Yeah. You were exercising. So you at some point realized that, you know, what kind of food you eat also is going to influence how well you do with your exercise. You compete as well, right? I did. Yes.
1: I'm still about, I'm still deciding if I claim it now, if I still do. But yeah, actually my last competition was December and I think I've done done
0: four or five. Yes. Yeah. And CrossFit. Yeah. Well,
1: it's a bodybuilding and now I do CrossFit. I've kind of done a lot of things. I've also um, done a weightlifting competition. I've done a few powerlifting competitions. So it's evolved.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And well, if there's anything we know from those kind of sports is that the food plays a big role, right? in how much energy you have. Yes. But also for people who are not exercising, you know, what kind of audience started to be attracted to what you were posting on Instagram. Did you interact with them? Did you figure out who was interacting with you? Yeah, and it's been interesting to that point to
1: see my audience evolve based on what I was posting. And what that shows me now in hindsight is if I wouldn't have been authentic, then I would have been drawing the wrong audiences because what I was doing in that moment and sharing a candid look into my life, that's who I attracted. So if we rewind a bit, I my first exposure to really getting into fitness, I was starting to work out and do classes just for my own health and feeling functional and getting energy. But then I did get into the bodybuilding world. And that's who my following was, was pretty much all bodybuilding. And I've completely shifted from that. That's not my demographic anymore. My demographic is very much young families, um, busy moms, and those who really need these healthy meals. But now that's what I'm sharing As I was sharing bodybuilding workouts and my food with that, but now it's just sustainable, healthy meals. And also in terms of sharing health tips, even for the listeners, the exercise was important to me too, because of course it went in tandem with the healthy, healthy meals. But now that I have my business, it's exercise coupled with the healthy eating that gives me clarity. It helps me be more productive. It helps me be more creative. So that's why it's important to me now, too, is I'm not bodybuilding anymore, but it's just as important for me to have that outlet and that energy expenditure because I notice a huge difference in my energy levels and my productivity, absolutely, when I'm exercising versus not.
0: Yeah, but you say your audience is like young families, uh, mothers, or maybe busy female entrepreneurs who know that they might be able to improve their food, you know? like you say, possibly eating healthy already, but it could be healthier. And through that you get more energy and all that good stuff. So you said you replace a few things, you know, you have not created all these cookbooks. Is there like an endless supply of of things that you can replace or is there like a fixed list already?
1: Yeah, great question because people ask me that all the time. They're like, how do you think of all these recipes? So in terms of recipes, the list I tell myself is endless. So I have over 10 cookbooks, but with Your Dinner is Planned as the membership site, it's every single month they're receiving, well, 20 recipes because they get five a week. And that is my mission. If I start to run out of things to replace or recipes to replace, then I tell myself I'm not being creative enough. So I like to say the recipes are endless. There is such a variety of recipes inside your dinner's planned. I mean, lasagnas and soups and healthy chicken wings because it's a homemade barbecue sauce and it's just substituting all those things. But yes, busy female entrepreneurs are absolutely my target because where I come in is there are different groups of people. We have people who are in survival mode and we have the families who are in survival mode and They're getting a peanut butter and jelly sandwich out the door for their kids and for themselves. And there's not quite the desire to be healthier. They're not quite seeing the benefits. And then we also have the top of the tier where perhaps they can afford a private chef or they can afford to order pre-made meals. Who I help is right in the middle of that where we know we have to make the choice and put in the effort to make a difference for ourselves as busy entrepreneurs. And that's where... The recipes are so simple, and that's what they're out to prove is it doesn't have to be complicated, and we can. We have all the resources we need as female entrepreneurs. We have all the resources we need to be able to make those choices because we're making food choices every day anyway, so why not make those choices and just make it a bit healthier, which I think healthy is a subjective word anyway. It's different for everyone, but it's whatever is sustainable for us.
0: Yeah, yeah. That was actually the cue for the next question. What is healthy? Because I looked at your recipes and pictures and I was like, that doesn't look so healthy. <laughs> it, it almost looks like, you know, you know. I see a barbecue sauce and as you mentioned, spaghetti and lasagna and all these things. And then even if you replace a few things, well, it still doesn't look like that healthy food that some people are promoting. So how do you define healthy? Like, is it still okay to have sugar? you know, all those things that, you know, other people say, oh, stop that. We all have to be sugar-free for the rest of our lives.
1: Yes. So my definition of healthy has zero absolutes, which is weird because that's kind of an absolute, but (laughs) it's, my definition of healthy is something that's sustainable. And I like to picture healthy on a spectrum. So if we have an invisible line, We hear everything out there about eat organic or don't eat organic or go gluten-free or do this, don't do that. But if for me, if we look at healthy as that invisible line and we'll use tomatoes, for example. So the far left side of the line would be growing your own organic tomatoes. Or even if we think chicken, for example, it would be raising your own free-range chickens. I used to raise animals growing up, so I was on the far left side. As we move farther to the right on that spectrum, we go from growing our own tomatoes or raising our own chicken, for example, then to buying free range organic chicken. As we get to the middle of the spectrum, it would be perhaps the store brand chicken or the store brand tomatoes, not organic or whatever it may be. And then the far side of the spectrum would be frozen chicken. So we see how this spectrum differs. And my opinion and my definition of healthy is there actually is no right or wrong place to be on the spectrum. It's wherever your values align and what will be sustainable. So if frozen chicken, if someone's on a budget and they're seeking something that's affordable, then frozen chicken would be the route to go. And that's what's healthy for them because they're buying that instead of going out to fast food where we don't know what is in the food. It's very processed. It's not even as fresh as frozen chicken, really, when you couple that with other wholesome ingredients and even grains and vegetables, whatever it may be. So if that point on the spectrum is where someone can stay and be sustainable and feel not guilty about their choices, because that plays a part and healthy for me as well, is you pick somewhere on the spectrum and you think it's wrong and you start to feel guilty. That's not healthy, that mindset component. So healthy to me is I post a picture of lasagna. It has cheese, it has noodles, but what it doesn't have is all the extra ingredients that we don't need because the flavor is still there. It likely has half the cheese. It probably has half the noodles as well. And maybe I added some vegetables. So getting those nutrients but where it falls on the spectrum is somewhere that someone could eat that every day, enjoy it, and then not feel that guilt, not feel that pressure, and then replace that with those other choices
0: they were doing. So mm. I love that question. I love that answer. I could, we could go on forever, but this, this was like, wow, we got to the, what do you call the bull's eye of the interview with yes. this? Yeah, this is fascinating. So you are connecting health with the values. So if I feel guilty, then I'm doing something wrong and I should look into how I can do it differently.
1: Yeah, in my opinion, not even necessarily wrong because what is wrong, but if if you are feeling guilty, that's not sustainable. And I'm here with Your Dinner is Planned and the Dinner Table Talk podcast too to change how we think about that because... Even if you search food podcasts, there are a lot of absolutes like keto or gluten-free, whatever it may be, and those aren't wrong because that may be where someone else falls on the spectrum. So yeah, I think as long as we recognize, again, what those values are, because if we think about it, food is a choice we make every single day. So why shouldn't it align with what our values are, whether it's being on a budget, whether it's buying all organic, whatever that may be for that specific female entrepreneur or family or individual.
0: So it's not about sugar-free or gluten-free or anything like that. So it's not these typical things that I feel everyone is talking about right now.
1: Right. For my personal definition and what I share, it's not because it may be for someone. So someone, wherever they fall on the spectrum, especially because they may have certain intolerances or allergies, or they may react certain ways and they may feel that they don't do well with sugar, then that's absolutely where they fall. And I think it's not only being aligned with your values and what's sustainable, but again, also how you feel. So there are a lot of facets, but um, if you think about it, how we feel is part of the sustainability. If we're feeling like, Crap because we're eating a lot of sugar, then that's not sustainable either. So it may be low sugar for some, but if the guilt starts to creep in when they do have a cookie or a brownie, then again, where are you making your choices and is that sustainable? So my opinion is just to, again, take how you're feeling, figure out what's sustainable and what works for you, and
0: then that's what becomes right essentially. So Getting to the core of it, it's basically about, because your journey was about getting away from fast food and eating real food, but eating real food with, let's say, without feeling guilty, being sustainable. But it's not about weight loss either. Do you feel people start to eat healthy because they want to lose weight? Or what are the key motivators to start to eat healthy?
1: Yes, I feel there are many different drivers and I actually did a whole podcast episode about how healthy isn't about weight loss because I feel that if we start to work from the inside and we want to eat healthy because of how it makes us feel, weight loss can become inevitable and weight loss really becomes scientific. It's calories in versus calories out, the intake versus the expenditure. So we can't have that though. If there are other variables, I mean, even stress levels and why we're wanting to lose weight. So, I think that weight loss can absolutely be a trigger for wanting to lose weight, but that weight loss won't be sustainable if the other factors are not considered. So, I think again, that definition for healthy is many things for people. Mine, I want to be healthy to have that clarity, to have productivity and energy and creativity. And if someone wants to lose weight, then absolutely eating healthy is a vehicle to get there, but to not neglect the other things. And again, I feel like that's when we see out there all these absolutes of do this and don't do that, or do this to lose weight in 12 weeks. It's okay, but what else? And that's why people inside your dinner's plan do often see weight loss is because it's about that consistency. And if something's sustainable, someone will be consistent. And then ultimately, if we're consistent with anything, no matter what our goal is, our success becomes inevitable. And we've heard that term many times. So it's about that sustainability and that consistency, whatever the goal may be.
0: I love that. I love that. So what is the change that you have felt? I know you're doing sports a lot, but in terms of eating differently, what is the biggest transformation that has happened for you?
1: I would say mine was a lot of a mental shift. So I've seen my body change in many ways from bodybuilding to powerlifting, but my mental shift of almost letting go in a way because I've experienced so many different extremes even of healthy eating. So the biggest thing for me was even in bodybuilding or when I was first starting to eat healthy and had that, as you could say, obsession I'd wake up, oh, what am I going to eat today? Am I going to be consistent today? Am I going to eat a lot of desserts? And it was always on my mind. But I realized as I started to get into business that what I didn't have was consistency. So instead of thinking about big projects or my next big idea, I was thinking about that, but also, oh, am I going to eat healthy today? I don't know what's happening. And I didn't have a plan. I didn't have clarity. So when I started to realize that it is important to have a plan and know where we fall on the spectrum and have consistency, then all of that noise disappeared because I just knew. I knew what I was going to have for breakfast. I knew what I would make my fiance for dinner. I just knew. And what that did, it just opened up all this space for ideas and brainstorming and thinking. And that's what healthy eating has done for me is made it realize it doesn't have to control my thoughts or my behaviors and whether it's an obsessive way or really just a, man, I don't know what to get from the grocery store today. That's still clouding our thinking where we could shift that somewhere else if we had that plan and that sustainability. So, Yes, I've felt stronger. Um, I physically have more energy. I can, when I travel, I can do adventurous things because I'm physically healthy or feeling healthy and fit, but it's releasing that and essentially trusting and having a plan that has really helped my business evolve and helped my relationships evolve because I'm just more present and I don't have all that noise.
0: Oh. I love that. So basically, I have can't stop thinking about what to get for dinner every day.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's, that's my purpose really. And, and that's how your dinner is planned evolved though, is because I saw how much time and energy I was spending. And it was, it's more than just recipes. It's your dinner is planned. It's more than just giving people recipes. It's really, here's a plan. So you don't even have to think about it. So you can be more productive, spend more time with your family and whether it's your dinner is planned or anything else. Like I said, if someone can afford ordering meals, That removes all those decisions that someone has
0: to make. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Jasmine, for being on the show and talking about your journey to a more healthy lifestyle and how it actually can help everyone else listening. We will link to your podcast and of course to your membership site in our show notes and i hope people hop over there and start to follow you also on instagram you have an amazing following on instagram already so a few more people uh would love to follow you till there
1: absolutely come on over and thank you so much for having me as you can tell i'm very passionate about sharing my definition of health and hopes that you guys as listeners have learned at least
0: one little thing you can apply to your life Go to sigrun.com forward slash 244 to find links to Jessie and her offerings. Thank you for listening to The Signal Show. Did you enjoy this episode? If you did, please share, subscribe, and give the show a review on iTunes. See you in the next episode.